Kaiseki Anime, where we air new episodes every other week. Kaiseki covers currently airing anime, older series and recently, and other relevant topics for the season. I'm your host, Marina, of the blog Anime B&B, and with me is my co-host, Draggle, of the cleverly titled Draggle's Anime Blog. This week, we discuss the uh, action, adventure, mystery shows, Hell's Paradise, and Heavenly Delusion. So shall we go ahead and start with Hell's Paradise? Yes. So Hell's Paradise is a action show where there's this guy condemned to death, and he's sent along with his executioner to a mysterious island to find the elixir of life, along with the other death row convicts. Yeah, this is definitely kind of like a group effort, right? Where, who is it? Is it like the emperor or someone who wants the elixir of life and they're just throwing bodies at this place to try to get it? I thought it was the shogun, but I okay, I don't entirely remember. Yeah, I, I don't recall. It's like some 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 important figure. government person yeah. who doesn't want to go themselves. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because uh, they've yeah. sent people before and no one comes back. There's the one guy who came back who obviously was not really himself. He was a strange plant man. Yes. So there's a lot of uh, mystery of what's going on in this island and madness and murder. With the pacing that we've had so far and just how interesting this world is, I'm actually surprised that this is only 13 episodes. Part of me is wondering if they're going to even be able to finish because I feel like there's no way we're going to get all our answers by the end of this? I mean, we're already more than halfway through. Yeah. Well, I feel like they they could if they wanted to. Yeah? I kind of you don't think it would feel would. rushed? No, I think it would be good. I mean, hmm. I, I'm not like you where I want them to answer every little thing and explain everything. But I think they could like have some satisfactory ending within the time left if they wanted to. Yeah, I'm not opposed to open endings or just, you know, threads that aren't followed through to the end, as long as it is satisfying, whatever they decide to end on. Right. And so so far, it's been pretty satisfying, I thought. Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with this show. I usually have a pretty good track record with MAPPA shows, mm. so I feel like they have been doing a good job with this one. I'm not familiar with much of the staff, but whatever they're doing is working. Yeah, they have a very good setup of... Uh kind of the mystery like it it introduces it very piecewise it's very uh very interesting visually when you see these kind these monsters and different plants on the island as well as like what Mm -hmm. happens to the people yeah i think they did a good job with the groundwork because even from the very beginning you said like it was interesting the individual stories and like seeing this island but i thought the criminals themselves when we were first introduced to them were pretty fascinating Right. Like, Gabimar obviously is our main character and has the most fleshed out story. But even like all the other ones, when we first see them all lined up, it was kind of obvious like which ones were going to survive, right? Because they were the <laughs> ones who were the most detailed character design, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, but we got to see like their personality when they were uh, having to fight. 
And then when they get to the island, we do still get little slices of them. Although I'm actually quite shocked with this show at how quickly it kills people off. I mean, I'm assuming they're being killed off. Uh, they're eternally undead monster, flower monsters or something. Yeah. But yeah. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> if they're going to come back, if we're going to see some of them transformed. Maybe. That would be interesting. Yeah. Like the two that I'm thinking mostly are like, you know, the brothers, how right. they were thrown into that pit. Right. I feel like they're not fully dead like some of the other past humans that we see in that pit. So I was kind of wondering if they might come back. But I feel like most of the other ones who have died, they're, they're not coming back. They look pretty dead. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, yeah. Or if they do come back, it's not fully human. Right. I really like the, the first episode when they introduced the, the main character. They have this very, very interesting tension of him being like a, a crazy murderer, but uh, wanting to see his wife again. And I really like yeah. his relationship with the executioner. I like him as a character. They've done a great job in setting him up. Like you, I thought he was... Well, I think, if you recall, in my initial thought of this show, is I thought it was a little cheesy how overpowered he was. I was like, oh, yeah, he's the greatest ninja ever. (laughs) (laughs) And he's, like, perfect in every way. But then we actually see more of his personality with those flashbacks to his wife, which that is such a cute relationship. (laughs) She's kind of perfect for him. I'm, like, stealing myself for when it's revealed that the, the wife is the final boss or something think that but part of me scared that she's gonna be like either dead or remarried when he sees her again oh i thought she would like be have taken the elixir of life and she'll be one of those immortal killer guys how how would she have gotten to the island ahead of him i don't know i'm just thinking like what is the meanest thing this show could do to the viewers because i, I feel think like the meanest thing could that. be is that she's alive but she can't be his anymore so that's why. But I was thinking more realistic. You're going the fantastical route. Yeah. Well, if she, if she's alive, then I can. If she's remarried, then I can shift him with the executioner. So that's not too sad. I guess that's true. The executioner relationship, Sagari, by the way, I like her a lot too. Uh, I think their relationship is interesting. How they interact and how he seems to have a soft spot for her. Right. He is like a, a hard on for how good of a samurai she is or whatever she is right (laughs) and she seems to like see the goodness in him yeah and now they even have a child together wait which one what what are you talking about you know that little girl who they gave her a bath and stuff oh yeah but they're leaving her behind i thought you were caught up draggle oh they're leaving her behind well, yeah, because isn't she part of that village? She's part of that uh, weird village with that caretaker. I feel like she'll come with them for some reason. Because she, mm. she shows up a lot in the opening song, <laughs> which is a oh, very nice opening, by the way. I guess I don't recall um, the, like, whatever they show in the opening, but I do think the music's pretty great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the openings and endings, actually, of both of these shows we're talking about today, I love them both. Yeah, they're pretty good. But yeah, I guess I could see her coming back just because she seems to be such an odd figure. There are like the other seemingly immortal people in this island who Mm. are a lot like more twisted and obviously adult than she is. And I just kind of want to know why she's a child, like an immortal child. Yeah. And maybe is like the key to figuring this out. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Many mysteries left unsolved. Well, this whole island's weird because you have like an amalgamation of all these different religions. Yeah, it's a very cool setting with, uh, I don't know, these are like, wh- what are they even? They're uh, kind of Buddhist, kind of Shinto, kind of Taoist, I thought. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I'm not as familiar with Eastern religions. I just like recognize them, but I've not seen like how they're mixing and how it is affecting the story. Other than like they talk about the the island's makeup, right? Right. I think uh, th- there's definitely like some legends in Japan that they have about this island, well, in the in the fictional Japan that they have about this island, mm-hmm. and the people. I, I think they said the these hermits live on the island with, but also the gods live there. So I, I think it's it's still like a mystery exactly what's going on. Well, there was a village, and it looks like something happened to it. I don't know why. Right, right. Maybe they all became immortal or turned into tree monsters. Well, I'm I am wondering if they became like where did all those monsters come from, right? Yeah. I f- I forget what they're called. There's like a word that they refer to them by, but I mean, there's a lot of them, so it wouldn't be too much of a stretch to imagine that those were the villagers at one point. Yeah, or the the new people that have come to the island. Yeah. Because you remember some of the uh, more recent people, they saw them again as flowers on the island. Yeah. And I mean, we saw that pit where the brothers were thrown in, right? And how there were corpses in there that were covered with plant life. So like maybe eventually they'll be reborn out of that too. Yeah. But I, I think it's already pretty clear that nothing good is going to come from drinking the elixir of life. <laughs> you don't think so? Uh, if you want to become like an immortal tree monster or a, a crazy serial killer, like there's, uh, there's guys who are having sex with each other. Yeah, it's interesting because like they can transform into whatever, right? They can be male, they can be female, right. whatever form they wish. They can't be killed. They're crazy. They're gods, basically. Yeah. I guess part of me is wondering, I feel like the show is, I mean, it is kind of comparing both. You have these immortals who seem to be missing, they're missing something key, right, for humanity. That we're seeing all of these characters, like our criminals and our executioners, like you're supposedly having a good guy and a bad guy here, but... With them being paired together and with us seeing, like, their backstories, we actually do see, like, all of them have that humanity in common, even if they seem really monstrous. Like, you remember that episode with the uh, the huge giant guy? Yeah. Like, Rokurota? Yeah. Like, he was unquestionably a monster for most of it, right? <laughs> like, uh, he had his comical entrance into this where, like, nobody could hurt him at that uh, initial scene, right? Right. Where, like, he was basically just, like, lying down there taking a nap. <laughs> and then, like, the way that he just, like, has to swipe at someone and they're just dead. He just, like, gouges their entire ribs rib cage out of them or something. But when we see him as a child, like, what he did to his parents is pretty horrific. Mm-hmm. But then when we see from, like, his POV that he was just hungry, he just, he wanted more. Like, that's a, a very human thing, right? Like, greed and need. Yeah. And then, like, even the, um, I was really sad with the most recent episode. Are you fully caught up? I think so. You know, the, 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 the with, kid like, the and the... and the bind guy, the bind master. Oh, I wanted to cry at the end of that episode. I was so <laughs> upset that Tenza, yeah. Yeah, that was a good episode. I was very upset because I really liked that relationship of, like, he's protecting this child who is innocent, is, you know, innocent in this crime that she got caught up in, right? And he sees a little bit of himself in her because he was also, like, raised in a bad way, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because of him. It was just, like, his setting, like, where he was, the people around him that he became that way. And, like, this older 
guy was able to like see the goodness of him and like pull him out of that right and he wanted to do the same thing for newer guy right so such a tragedy why do you sound like you're smiling when you say that <laughs> uh, because i enjoy tragedies the, i was thinking this reminds me of uh the show that i never watched but have wanted to uh be but i book Mm. where every week a different child dies tragically and you see their backstory. You know, I'm usually not, because it makes me think of those, what do you call those shows where like some it's a competition and someone's always dying, right? And they have to have like one person standing oh, at the game. end. death game, death game. Yeah, I'm usually not the biggest fan of death games because it does make me upset knowing that these characters are going to all die. Great. <laughs> right. uh, but, you know, then you get ones like this where they do such a good job with the character stories that I can't help but follow it, even though I know that my heart's going to break, like watching this show. Great. Well, I don't think this one's really a death game. Cause then, I mean, isn't it? It's kind of. Well, usually when you think of death game, like, it's the characters dying, killing each other. This one, they they some of them killed each other, but mostly they have a, a common enemy that's killing them. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna argue, but then you you did uh, explain that some of them are against each other, right? Because they're gonna take out their competition. But then some of them are questionably working together. Like I don't know what the deal is still with that uh, female ninja that's with them. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, her and her executioner are very two-faced. We haven't really seen what they're up to. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, clearly she wants to betray them at some point. But I think at the moment, they all have bigger problems than the, the Emperor or Shogun or whoever. So Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts on Hell's Paradise before we move on? Yeah, really looking forward to what happens. Love the setting. We'll see. Will he survive and see his wife again? He better. He really better. I'm going to be pretty pissed. Well, I, I think he'll definitely see her again, but will it be a happy ending or a sad ending? <sighs> Draggle. With that, let's go ahead and move on to Tengoku Daimakyo, as, as it is known, even though everyone says Heavenly Delusion. Apparently, it's, there was some controversy, right? Because they first advertised it as Heavenly Delusion, but then if you searched mm-hmm. for it, you couldn't find it. Yeah, I couldn't find it for a while until I looked it up uh, by the Japanese title. Right. <laughs> I don't really care, but all these people are really mad about it on Twitter, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta know what to tag it as. Yeah. Uh, this one is quite an interesting show. I, I read this manga as well, and I'm kind of surprised how good the, the anime has been. Because it, it's a weird show, and I didn't think it would adapt well. But they've they've proven me wrong so far. Really? So you approve of this adaptation? I do approve of this adaptation. Yeah. I'm really glad to hear that because I'm not familiar with the manga at all. And I do think that watching this show is a little bit of a mindfuck. Like, I'm kind of like, what yeah. is going on? And what what am I seeing that is, is any of this real? Or <laughs> are parts of this, like, maybe someone's hallucination? I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, I think the, the anime is a little bit easier to follow than the manga. Oh. I mean, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense, too. But I am kind of curious, are they going to do some massive twist at the end that's just going to totally throw everything up in the air? I wouldn't be surprised if it does. Yeah, and the manga is ongoing, too, so I, I don't know either. Ooh, okay. So, again, like the other one, this one's only slide for 13 episodes. So I don't know where the manga is right now, but, like, can you see it ending at 13 episodes, or is it very possible for it to 
require a sequel. This one I don't don't see ending in 13 episodes, no. Okay. Yeah, there are way too many mysteries in the show. Yeah. Like, I know <laughs> you said that you're okay with, like, not everything being solved, but I feel like you would have to take some massive shortcuts to try to end it in a satisfying way. I mean, I don't even know if I could be satisfied if they tried to end it. Yeah, this one's interesting, though, because, like, even the parts that happened so far, I, 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 I still don't think I understand them. <laughs> I mean, okay, can you try to do a synopsis for what this show is about? Because we have, like, two total different settings, right? The inside and the outside. And, like, different perceptions of what this world is like. So, like, how would you describe this show? Um, well, it's very hard to do a synopsis without spoiling, but I'll try not to. So there, there's this one setting where uh, there's these kids, like, in this basically daycare prison kind of thing where they can't go outside and there's robots and mysterious doctors taking care of them and they're a bunch of kids and the outside world is a mystery and then there's a second world that's like post-apocalyptic where there's these two characters this boy and uh, this other boy who whose body is a girl's body um long story it doesn't matter they go on an adventure looking for heaven. Which I think is what they assume that first world is, right? <laughs> That's where they're trying to get to. Uh, I think so. It seems like it. It seems like it. I think at this point, it's pretty confusing, like, how the two are related. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but... Well, okay. Is it just me? I mean, there's very obvious similarities. Like, I got huge um, Promise Neverland vibes from this. I think the children, especially, they look kind of similar to the promise that then and that daycare is kind of similar yeah like yeah the whole idea of like this utopia yeah. world where everything is perfect everyone's taking care of you but they don't really know what's happening outside yeah and there's like this kind of sinister quality to the adults who are supposedly taking care of them yeah. right <laughs> but I, I can't i can't tell you i it's not too much of a spoiler to say that uh what's happening is much much less stupid than promise neverland so, well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, because we don't want it to end, you know, like how Promise Neverland ended. No, that was terrible. <laughs> and like that second season was rushed as fuck, right? I don't, I don't want that to happen here. No. I want them to take their time. I want them to keep messing with me. You know, I want to keep questioning what I'm seeing. Is is it real? Yeah. So, yeah. so from from the manga, we actually have somewhat more idea of what's happening. Uh, mm-hmm. I won't say it, but there. There's like this one one uh, part I saw in the manga where they have like kind of a side story with like four pages of like tiny print, uh, detailed graphs like explaining the relations between the two worlds and the the different characters, and like I I, I need to study that some more to understand what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> well, which okay. I, I kind I of mean, I figured. With us talking about, like, this show more than halfway through the season, there's going to be spoilers. For me right now, it's more of a question of I don't want you to spoil something from yeah. the manga that hasn't been shown in the anime Yeah, yet. exactly. Okay, so it's okay for us to spoil stuff here because, I mean, that's obviously expected with us talking about it right now. Great. Okay, so I think... <laughs> I think, I mean, obviously there's something going on with the man-eaters. Like, that's the common commonality we're seeing between these two worlds right now, the mm-hmm. most apparent one. Along with, like, the weird relationship between Maru, you know, the the boy in the post-apocalyptic world, Mm -hmm. and uh, the chick, what's her name, with the same face, Tokyo, in the utopia world. Right. 
So like the thing with the man eaters confuses me because it took me a while for me to, I guess, because I just revealed it most recently, but I didn't really know where they were coming from. Right. And when the one chick in the utopia world talks about like babies without faces. Okay. That was fucking creepy. Wasn't it? <laughs> she was talking <laughs> about babies without faces. But when they show us these like baby man eaters. Right. I was like, oh, so are they like created here in little capsules and then like released out or they do they break out into the <laughs> open world like that was my initial thought right right and maybe that is true maybe a portion of that is true because we see like even out in the post-apocalyptic world that there are baby man eaters that are like dormant right mm-hmm. like in that that one building right so they're obviously not just made from humans and then we hear we learn about from this doctor that there is like a, f- a way for them to come from humans who have died, who die from like a sickness mm. that it does make me wonder if that's what like the two kids who died in the utopia world, if that's what they had. Because they show they show like the thing from the boy's body. Great. Right. Great. When he's cremated. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it kind of looks like the thing that Maru is like deleting when he touches people. Okay. You know the answer, don't you? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, you. If I'm on the right track, so you think the show is doing a good job of like leading us there and making me you know, have these assumptions? I think so, yeah. And like you, you wow. don't entirely, you don't get everything at the moment, but it's more fun that way, right? It is more fun that way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like I'm still trying to figure out the Onechan character, right? Like. Right. I thought it was just simply, oh, sh- you know, she just thinks of herself as a boy. But it's, like, way more complicated than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seemingly way more complicated than that because she's got all these scars and, like, has the memories of the brother who supposedly died, right? right. But is in the sister's body. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> so that was way more complicated than I had originally expected. And then her relationship with Maru is interesting, because there's obviously some like sexual tension there, mostly from Maru, right? Or so you think at the moment. Or so I think. Well, I mean, she seems to notice him at times too, like thinks of him as pretty. Mm. So actually, this entire show is full of sexual tension. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. This entire show is actually just like overwhelmed with this appetite. Actually, that kind of reminds me of that conversation that the one girl. What's her name? I can't remember the kids' names. There's too many kids. But one of the kids in Utopia who, like, that boy who's got creepy video of her bathing or something. Uh-huh. You remember how, like, they're talking? He's, like, telling her that he has funny feelings about her. Yes, I do. <laughs> and how this. he wants to, like, take her clothes off and, like, lick her. And she's like, oh, you want to eat me? He's like, no, I don't really eat you like that. But, like, <laughs> I feel like that's actually a good representation for what's going on or what we're seeing here in this show. Because, yeah. like, we see... The humans who, like, even when it's not taught to them, because we hear the adults talking about this, right? They're like, oh, like, the kids are, like, wanting to touch each other, wanting to kiss each other. We haven't even taught them these behaviors, which sounds suspiciously robot-like, by the way. Right. We're seeing the sexuality here in this closed environment, but we're also seeing the sexuality in the open world. And it's just, like, all these characters are wanting to do things with each other. And then we have, like, the man-eaters who, they also have their own appetites. And they do want to consume, but they want to, like, consume by, like, totally eating you, right? <laughs> Not just, like, having sex. So I feel like this show's kind of, like, fascinated with that idea. Yeah. Uh, along those lines, I enjoyed, I think it was the latest episode when uh, 
Mario gets promised a, a boob feeling. Yes. Yeah, and then that other girl comes in and she's like, feel my boobs instead and pay me money. Yeah, I think it's kind of disturbing, actually, this show, the, the line that it walks, because I feel like if it veers too close to one side, it'll just topple over if it's not careful. Right. I don't know what the manga's like, because they reference rape a few times in the show, don't they? Uh, and, probably. Well, when the two, um, when Anechan and Maru, Kiriko and Maru, are, like, trapped by those dudes, oh, yeah. they talk about That's her. True. They talk about raping her, right? And then they're able to circumvent that. <clears throat> and then when we have, like, this girl, uh, the the hostess of the hotel, and she talks about how, like, she takes, she's sort of in this group with all these guys. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a little implied that she also services them in that way, but then she also, like, has sex with the people who stay there who she takes a fancy to. Like, they talk about it fairly casually, but they don't, they never, like, go too deep into it. This is one I was just talking about, the hotel baby. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of like gave me a little bit of the creepy crawlies, just like imagining that, you know, she's seemingly safe with her hotel here with all these dudes, but like how are they, you know, making her pay for that, for her safety? And then her turning that around to the people that stay there and maybe she protects them from, you know, not being uh, killed or stolen from by the guys, maybe for exchange in sex if she likes them i don't know it's just kind of bothers me right yeah no a lot of a lot of things in this show are are very creepy not not yeah. just sexually just like all these grooving bands of like kind of lawless people in the city and yeah have to like make trades to survive which are, can be pretty questionable I mean, that's pretty common in these kinds of post-apocalyptic settings, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, what are we going to devolve into, right? right? Who are we at our most basest? Right. But I was pretty fascinated with the um, most recent episode with the, uh, what did they call them? The Immortal Order or something? Yeah, that like hospital. Yeah, and then this group that is supposedly the protesters who are, you know, protesting these horrible things <laughs> that the order is supposedly doing right? right and then it turns out that they're actually <laughs> the ones who are trying to get more power right yeah it's still unclear to me whether or not that woman died i feel like she was alive and then if she died they must have just killed her as a martyr or something mm-hmm. but like just sort of seeing how quickly they turned with like the right momentum with that leader sort of pushing them that way was pretty scary right yeah, th- this this story is uh, kind of le- less dark than a lot of uh, apocalyptic stories in some ways. Like there's still mm-hmm. some semblances of a culture, but it, that kind of makes it like even more disturbing. How like most of the markings of the civilization are there, but then there's these these certain uh, parts where it's it's like extremely lacking and lawless, but of- often in a way that like even in our world without a collapse of civilization you could see happening like with that protest where they they were kind of incited by these these oh, fires. Yeah. yeah like i could very realistically see that happening here we, we do see that here yeah exactly it's a mark of a good uh, good apocalyptic literature i'm uh kind of sad to imagine this ending soon but like you said like i really don't imagine this ending with this season it needs more yeah maybe we'll get a sequel and I, 
I think you're, you're on the right track with a lot of the mysteries, but there's, there's still I? some key <laughs> key parts that you haven't guessed yet. So well, a lot to look forward to. I don't think there will be any question about this happening in sequel, except for the fact that it's being trapped in a sort of streaming jail. Because right. it's available on uh, HBO, I think, but only if you're in Japan. And you can watch it on Hulu. But, like, I feel... Like most people are watching their anime through like Crunchyroll, right? right? At least these days. Crunchyroll and High Dive. So I don't know when they're going to make it more available when they open that up to these other services, but I feel like it's really restricting the discussion of this show. And it's uh, it frustrates me. Yeah, I've never really seen anyone talking about it. I haven't. I really haven't. Just you. You're the one who <laughs> turned me onto the show. Think about this. I told you how there was like a similarity of this to say Promise Neverland. And Promise Neverland was huge when it came out, remember? The first season, at least, yeah. Well, yeah, the first season. Like, it was really hot. And I think this is leagues better than that. Oh, I think most things are leagues better than that, yeah. So, like, if people only had access and knowledge of this show, (laughs) I feel like it would be very popular. Yeah, I think so, too. But I mean, I, it's I probably this, popular in Japan. There, there's a lot of really good shows this season, right? That's true. So There are. Yeah, especially with, like, competing with Gundam and Oshinoko. I, like, e- even I think those are better. But <laughs> right, you think those are better than this one? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I could say one is better than the other because they're so different, Draggle. Right. Well, it's like, just I like, have totally different, like, wh- frame Which am I most mood. excited to watch? Definitely more excited for this. Really? But it could partly be because I've read the manga. Okay. See, I, I haven't read the manga, so like everything is you know nail-biting exciting to me. Oh, really? Right. Okay, that's good. Well, like Hell's Paradise, I don't know what's happening. And then this one, Tengoku, I don't know what's happening. I have no clue. I have all these mysteries, so I'm excited now for every episode. Right. The other ones I'm excited for are Oshinoko, Yamada-kun... And Skip and Loafer, which are like very fluffy. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> fluffy I'm shows, always excited but... <laughs> for Skip and Loafer too. Yeah. But yeah, those are the ones that have me most excited this season. Okay. And what about Gundam? No, Gundam. Gundam's whatever. Gundam's stupid, but it's what? fun. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, we need to have our next episode be on Gundam. Why? We could talk about it in the end of season review. Uh, I have so much to say about Gundam. Okay. Maybe it warrants its next its own episode but we'll see tune in again to kaiseki anime podcast two weeks from now please feel free to send us questions or comments on twitter with hashtag kaiseki anime podcast or under individual accounts at draggle underscore coon and at anime bnb listen to and review us on spotify apple and google Podcasts so we can continue to grow and improve thanks for listening see you next time